the blast from our past network. Hi, this is Dee Dee Pfeiffer, and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark with Zach and Corey, my guys. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a prehistoric episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. I am one... Sorry. God damn it. I am one third of the of the pad team. Uh Corey, aka Sleazy C, joined with me as always is Zach the Total Snackhead Schaefer and Diallo the Armageddon Jackson. What's up? Zach, please roar now. Roar! That is, that's what if good... I talk like this, Bossasaur? That's a good Frank Welker, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so, guys and gals, there's clearly a theme to this episode. This might be our most focused TV Obscura to date. So, all dinosaur-related things. Actually, only one show is actually prehistoric. All the other ones are technically, you know, take place in current times, I guess I guess you should say. But we are going to tackle uh, uh, Dino Saucers 1987. Dial is going to take us back to that one. Then I'm going to be talking about Dino Riders. And then Zach will be talking about Denver, the last dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> uh, two of the three of these episodes uh, shows have really good opening songs one of them does not. Spoiler alert, that one's mine. <laughs> Rawr! Tycho presents Dino Rider. Tycho presents Rotoscoping. <laughs> oh, man. So, good times, gal- guys and gals out there. We had a lot of fun on the, uh, the Halloween episode of TV Obscure. I hope you all did, too. And real quick, uh, Diallo, how was your Halloween? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I did have a good time. Yeah, you I did. yeah, I did. I I dressed up as a, a like pseudo um, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Spider Man. Cool. Um, hung out, hung out with Zach and Bodie and the rest of the crew, and um, yeah, it was a good time. Tricker. I, I saw the uh, picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was cool. <laughs> I was the nice. first time. I think I was the first time like I dressed up like in ages. So that you know, it was fun. Zach, did Bodie have a good good time at Halloween? He did. He did. It It just kept on going because if you go on my personal page, you'll see that we went to Disneyland two days later and he got to meet. He was Doctor Strange for Halloween, for those who were wondering. And two days later, he got to meet the quote-unquote real Doctor Strange at Disneyland when we went to Avengers Campus, which is really cool. Um, still a lot to be done, I think, because <laughs> only like two or three things are open, but it's very cool. Uh, I, I must say I could have lived in that campus all day long, and um, it was awesome. Yeah, he, he looked too legit to quit. It was so neat when when I when 
we realized Diallo was going to be Spider-Man and Bodhi was Doctor Strange. I said, Bodhi, this is just like the new movie that's coming out. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then everybody awesome. kind of got more excited about it because there was this connection there. And, you know, you guys are like uncle. You are literally Bodhi's uncle. So, um, you know, he he's he it just makes it even more special. Yeah. So, he, yes. So, yes. Yeah, suck it, Eric and Sean. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> this will be the one time they're actually listening, right? They're like, hey, let's tune into this one. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Uncle Eric is like, Doctor Strange was my favorite growing up. Is it one of my favorites growing up as a kid? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's, you know, because. Eric is a huge comic book guy, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 well, he's an artist, so, right? He's a tattoo artist, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he's an artist, and uh, you know he he always big into comics. His favorite was Hulk growing up, and you can probably guess why. Rage, um, and uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he was you know he knows the ins and outs of the old school comics. He used to have that cool poster. Do you remember the poster where it was like every single Marvel character all kind of? It was like a huge like 60-inch long poster with every single Marvel character yeah, from the universe. I think Art Adams did that one, I believe. I mean, I'm going to say <laughs> sure. sure. But, uh, sure that was, I, I was kind of more throwing that one at Diallo. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going through my my brain. There's like a, there's different versions of group pictures I can see yeah. in my head, so I'm not really sure. I know the one that you're talking about, Corey, I think that I definitely know what the, you're talking about, the Art Adams one. Um, okay. This has like a yeah. white background, I think. I feel yeah. like it's a white background. Yeah. I think that might have been it because I think the Art Adams one did have the white background. I had um, I had a couple Jim Lee uh, X Men posters, um, but they were you know they were vertical, but they were basically like a a tri- shit a, tri- a triptych. They were a triptych, so like you get all three of them, and then they would make the full you know oh, cool. picture cover. Um, yeah. yeah, it was this- yeah, it was really nice. This is one big horizontal one. Yeah. And I, I just remember he had that on his poster sandwiched in between centerfolds from Playboy. So sure. I go in his room at like Respectable. nine years old and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to look at that. I'm not supposed to look at that. I, hmm. <laughs> Anyways, how was your Halloween, Corey? Naked women oh. next to like men in spandex. It's like, <laughs> and, and half sounds like a wrestling angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my, my thanks, my Thanksgiving, my Halloween was good. Uh, we took uh, uh, our nephew out. He was Raphael TMNT. Uh, I was Casey Jones. Myra was Leonardo. And uh, I couldn't find anywhere and any kind of of a hockey mask so i just painted it on my face and i'm not gonna lie i turned out pretty decent for kind of doing a last minute thing i patterned i patterned the design after the 1990 movie casey jones so i also kind of had like a like a um a denim shirt that i cut the sleeves off and i put it over my black hoodie so you know it just kind of just give you the little hints of denim you know and i have my my sweatpants on so i was just trying to channel my inner casey jones you know next year i'm gonna just have to make your costume for you i guess i'm like the resident costume maker i I mean dude bodie looks amazing you are you do a great job making costumes you should have been a costume designer (laughs) you're amazing yeah we were uh watching uh we were watching avengers endgame the night before and um zach like 
what it, we like ordered food <laughs> we ordered yeah, food we ordered and there was like these burgers. Cl- yeah there was like these clear tops to the containers and and all like it was zach like he saw them and like actually it was like a it was like a tag team like uh, Bodie saw it and he's like oh and then Zach was like oh <laughs> and he grabbed the clear <laughs> container and then he just started he started putting his little uh like that glue stuff that color yeah, glue I don't know paint, what it's called yeah. yeah and he made this intricate I mean like I saw him over there doing it but I didn't actually look at it until the next day and it, like he did it really quickly but when I was looking at it the next day I was looking at how intricate it was and like Zach he just like he just like did it up and it was it was crazy to see um but like zach like it just was funny to see the whole like dynamic that they that they have and like the creativity that just it just exploded in like you know like five minutes and then and um Bodhi was running around wearing those the other day they were like uh what's his name dr strange's um magic uh uh circles or whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, whatever they are, the shields or something. I know what you mean. Yeah. And I saw the the pictures that, you know, with Bodhi with them and everything. I was like, that's such a cool detail to like have on there and I can I can totally yeah. see that. Like you Zach and Bodhi just two minds thinking alike just all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> he's my muse, guys. He's my muse. Like he's uh you know, he 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 puts an idea in my head and I just go full tilt boogie on it and just like, okay, well if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it legit, you know. I mean, I have my I have my Bodhi's uh, original Infinity Gauntlet that's sitting above, above my desk. So yep. I definitely, uh, you know, keep keep the uh, the original artwork from the kid. And one day it's that's gonna awesome. be <laughs> one day it's gonna be worth a lot. <laughs> and, and, no doubt. And guys and gals, this is not the first time Zach's done an awesome costume for Bodie. Uh, they used to go to PowerCon, and uh, he did oh, a yeah. great He-Man for Bodie when and Zach was uh, Battle Cat, and, uh, <laughs> and was Kristen awesome. was uh, the Sorceress. But man, I've always, always loved seeing those costumes, dude. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, we're going to keep doing it until he taps out on me, so... Uh... You know, who knows what next year? He said, uh, next year, I just want to be uh, all black with a pumpkin on my head. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're, you're not. not. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to let you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. You can have no. fun and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> can I get that one in the store? No, no. I will make it for you. But so before we jump into the discussion uh, about these these three shows, these three cartoons, you showed them all to Bodie. Zach, you were telling me uh, offline, um, all three of these were are kind of a part of your your history with Bodie too. Um, yeah. What what which one did he like? Did he did he have any thoughts on these before we jump into them? Well, so he, he we re, we recently rewatched these shows for this episode specifically. But uh, the better part of his late year three and year four, we were watching all sorts of dinosaur stuff because he was big into dinosaurs at that age. So, yeah, we watched all three of these shows. Um, he loved Denver, the last dinosaur. He loved Dino Saucers. And then we only watched the pilot to Dino Riders at the time. Uh, flash forward, he didn't like Dino Saucers as much as he did when he was four. And he laughed during Denver and had questions about the villain, one of the villains. And then uh, Dino Riders, he wanted to keep watching that show. So it's interesting, the evolution. Uh, And it also, it's interesting kind of, yeah, the demographic that these shows catered towards. 
Uh, man, Dino Saucers, out of the three, that was the one we watched the most when he was younger. I mean, we watched every single episode. And at the time, it was available for free on Amazon Prime. Um, and then I found a <clears throat> um, bootleg uh, on, and of Dino Saucers, which is what I have. And um, and while I was while he was in two Dino Saucers at that age is when I started doing the notes for Bodhi. Right. And so early on, I was doing all these Dino Saucer characters in his notes. I don't know if Diallo probably remembers I was doing that back then. And um, it, it was so popular kind of on Instagram that it garnered the attention of master turtle creator or something. I forget the guy's Instagram handle, but he makes dinosaur reproductions of the figures. Oh. And he had asked me if I would go in on doing a book with him um, to write the history of dinosaurs oh, <laughs> because wow. I was so into the show. <laughs> and so he and I were kind of talking back and forth for a little while and I have no experience writing uh, and, and just, you know, obviously interest. And so we were starting to kind of put the beginning stages of this book together. Um, but then I just had other things like this podcast to focus on. So uh, I gave him up for you, Corey. No, um, <laughs> Suck it, Master Turtle Guy. <laughs> yeah. But this dude, and I, you know, we'll talk more about it later. But um, but but at the time, Bodie was like, "I want, I want those figures." You know, I'm like, "Yeah, I want those figures too." And we'll we'll get into that kind of sad story later on. But yeah, <laughs> Bodie was totally into all three of these shows, um, and kind of forgot about them. But then he's like, kind of getting back into dinosaurs again. So okay. um, you know, I'm I'm gonna push all three on him again and <laughs> push. Uh, and see. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, See it's just too bad Dino Riders only lasted for 13 episodes otherwise well I think technically 14 um, yeah you know, but we'll talk about that later I'm sure too yeah cause yeah um, cause how, how many episodes was Denver Denver was over 50 okay was like okay 52 okay and then Diallo I think uh, Dino Saucers was what 14 or so uh no 65 Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, shit. All right. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's why I'm not breaking down dinosaurs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denver but, was fifty. Denver Diallo, was 50. won't you take us into it, baby? Take us into dinosaurs. Taking you to dinosaurs. By the way, I think Pacific Rim ripped that those notes off because every time I've been I've been singing the dinosaur theme song all day long I've been going and I'm like wait a minute that sounds familiar to me it's Pacific Rim that's like the theme song for Pacific Rim that's wild yeah details like no comment no I mean no it actually yeah I mean it makes sense we'll I think we'll get into it a little bit but whatever we'll talk about it so uh, yes, let us set back the uh, the time machine to 1987. Doc Brown, could you do that for us? Yeah. So dinosaurs. It ran for Yeah. So dinosaurs. It ran cool little tidbit things that um i actually just discovered i really didn't really know um is that it was created by michael uslan who 
If you've never heard of him before, he's actually the producer, uh, the executive producer of the Batman movies. So he's actually the one that's responsible yep. for all of the Batman movies. Um, so he had bought the rights, I think, back in like the late 70s and had been trying to get it made. Um, and he wanted to like make it into that the darker version that we know today um, versus the one that we like most of us grew up with uh, uh, from the 60s and like uh, the 70s with the super friends in the 80s um, so yeah he had he he's actually the one that created um, uh, dino saucers um, little connection for me too is that his son David um, actually created uh, a comic book a digital platform called Graphically back in like mm. about 2010, and that's where um, like I had I had met him and I had actually gotten um, my first comic book, Paranormals, on that platform, which got us onto um, Apple's iTunes, and we sat there for awesome. for a while. So that was just I don't know, a really cool tidbit and a plug for me for old stuff I've done. Um, <laughs> Paranormals rocks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sure does. Yeah, thanks. Um, I've been inspired to try to push that again now that I've been watching Midnight Mass. But anyways, let's uh, let's keep it to, to Dino Saucers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so it In was Secret by Scouts. Secret <laughs> Scouts, yeah. So it was um, it was by the French Canadian company Deke, and Deke. Um, actually Deke. it was a uh, co-produced by a company that you might have heard before called Coke Cola. Oh, which is a little, that's yeah. a little company, right? They're not they're not big or anything. Yeah, they're think. not big. They've not they you know they just they they barely barely have done anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a shitty <laughs> shitty drink in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> new Coke, yeah. new Coke. Yeah, and actually, uh, so actually, that's actually a part of the story of this. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, <laughs> it sure is. <clears throat> um, yeah, so they had, um, I guess they. So, you know, anyways, it, it was produced, it was made, um, they had one season, Michael Uslan had written, he wrote most of the episodes, um, and as with every cartoon of the 80s, there was a toy component to it, um, and they had toys that were set to be made by Galoob, um, and there was Radical this, toys. this really weird thing, so like Coke had just kind of been coming off of like they had the, the new Coke debacle like some years before and um, they bought what happened they bought the they, they oh they made they went into doing films and they made Ishtar um, which bombed and when they made Ishtar it kind of sank that part of the company and then they yeah. ended up having to sell um Oh, they sold they sold it to like TriStar TriStar Pictures, and then they actually ended up losing the rights to uh, Dino Saucers, and that kind of like killed everything for the show. Okay. Um, so by the time the toys came through, the show had already kind of like came and went. So they so, didn't so the show that. basically DOA. It was basically almost yeah. like dead on arrival. Yeah. Yep. So you know, like all those sh all the shows we talk about on this on this show all the time, where there has to be that synergy between the toys and the show, or else the show is just going to die. And so yeah. that's kind of what happened with this. So it was on for one season, but it was like 60 and it was 65 episodes, but it just kind of like after, you know, after it was done, it just was done. 
Um, it had a second life um, like overseas, but um, it just never really went anywhere after that. It's big in Germany, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, along with uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, the show was about um, a group of dinosaurs that were like evolved anthropomorphic style dinosaurs that um, came from the planet Reptilon. Um, one, it was one of the things that I actually was kind of noticing about it when I watched it again was like, this is totally the setup for Transformers, but it's dinosaurs. So it's like a good set of dinosaurs. <laughs> totally. And then uh, a, sort of like a bad set of dinosaurs called the, the Tyrannos. And they come to Earth and they find a group of kids called the Secret Scouts. Um, and they give them magic rings, which is kind of, uh, it was a little, it's a little random, but um, it sounds very focus group oriented, you know, like let's bring this <laughs> Let's bring this element in. And it actually kind of reminded me of like Captain Planet some years later. My, my notes um, here, I go, I have Captain Planet vibes from this. Yeah, yeah. It has, yeah, definitely has Captain Planet vibes. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, uh, you know, they, there was other elements too, like a secret base. Um, yeah, like uh, all these elements that I just kind of remember from uh, from uh, Transformers. Um but yeah, it was. Didn't the ship, one of the ships, kind of look a little bit like the original Transformer ship? Yeah, yeah, it did. That like the one that the one that the Autobots crashed into uh, yeah. the mountainside. Yeah. Which again, yeah, they um, one of the like the one of the ships was like on a mountainside or in the mountaintop, and another one was like in a lava pit or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, it was a very episodic. It was just basically the bad dinosaurs and the good dinosaurs basically getting in shenanigans in every episode and you'd have like a random sampling of the kids from, from every episode so it wasn't always all four of them um sometimes it was just like a couple sometimes it was three sometimes it was four and they you know they were just kind of doing the 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 standard 80s uh uh episodic um today we're gonna learn about magic like we uh, the episode that <laughs> That we saw it was like a fun house uh, episode yeah. Yeah. so yep. um it was, it was a little bit all over the place but um it had um some some interesting writers actually and i actually um i think i stumbled across i think the the designer of the show was um uh andy Kubert. i don't know Corey, you might know if he's a, a comic book artist did yeah. a lot of um like uh, Sergeant Rock, I remember him yeah. doing artwork he, from that and stuff. He had oh, a, cool. a school. He had a school that I used to yeah. always see the ads for. Yeah, right, yep, right, yep. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, writer Doug Molitor wrote. David Wise, who wrote a lot of episodes for um, Star Trek: The uh, Animated Series. Um, Craig Miller, who actually am a, a, a associate a associate of mine, um, Corey, you met him once years ago at Comic Book Sunday. Oh, he yeah, actually I used that. to. Yeah, he used to work um, um, for like Star Wars way back in the day. Empire Strikes Back. He was like an old school back there. He has a oh, book wow. out too, which we could probably plug. Um, and um, Jerry Conway, who is a really famous comic book writer. He actually was the writer that was responsible for the Gwen Stacy arc where she um, died. 
and so he actually don't, don't don't blow all my Jerry Conway uh, <laughs> uh, factoids because I have a lot for Dino Riders too. By the way, <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, wh- while we're talking about him now, he uh, he co-created the Punisher. Uh, he yeah. co-created uh, Miss Marvel, and yeah, he scripted the Gwen Stacy story. And then at DC, he co-created Firestorm, Power Girl, Jason Todd, and Killer Croc. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote Superman versus Spider-Man. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, he one of the uh, first company crazy. crossovers. So he's yeah. so he's a he was a writer on on Dino Saucers. Yeah, yeah, he wrote some of the episodes for Dino that's, Saucers. Yeah. Okay, it's funny because he's like a—he's pretty much the co-creator of Dino Riders, so yeah. he must oh, yeah. love his dinosaur shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and he had—I think he actually probably had more influence, I think, on Dino Riders because that felt a lot more complicated. I'll, when we get into that, we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Um, it like I remember watching the show. Um, where I lived, it was like it came on in the mornings, uh, weekday mornings. I sometimes watch it before school or days that I was ditching school or like the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's funny because I like I remember the theme song as I do um, with like lots of lots of things. But I didn't really remember. And I remember the dynamic of the show, but I didn't really remember like episodes of it. So watching it again was really kind of interesting. Like I said, I was picking up on stuff like I thought oh, it was like this is just based on like transformers basically um but it was really fun i i really enjoyed it um you know who doesn't like dinosaurs but um it definitely did have a feel of like like uh like i said like focus groups like they, they probably had a lot of elements of what they thought would work and i don't know that they all kind of came together enough to actually make a viable product enough to continue but um yeah that's uh that's all i got for it well one of the things that because we watched the the funhouse one and then i'm glad i watched the first episode yeah that you sent over you're like hey if you got time check this one out because yeah. they didn't do any of the dinosaur transformations oh yeah in the, in the funhouse one and then they do it so so do the does that something that can normally happen so the dinosaurs like you said are anthropomorphic and everything yeah. but they have this button that they can hit and then turn back into their sort of what proper form or their original form or whatever does that ever yeah. get explained in the in the story like in that episode I think they just it was like the uh it's like the good dinosaurs could do it just that's just what they could do and I think the bad dinosaurs had to access the power with some sort of like crystal or something and they had to gain the power to do it um but it i don't know zach might know a little bit better because he watched like all the episodes but i don't know that they actually really explain like why it was just sort of like again it seemed like a random element that they it sounds cool like that's what they should be able to do is like turn into uh the the original form of the dinosaur and they kept their intelligence which was that it was cool that was a part of the episode he had to like um, sneak into like a bunch of uh, dinosaurs that were getting herded <laughs> so, by but, the but bad it, guys. But it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like like it was a Voltron thing where like someone's like one of these dinosaurs is going to turn into their proper form and then the big battle's going to ensue. Uh, and I'm just judging it by two episodes, but it doesn't yeah. seem like it's that sort of formula. Uh, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, how often do they sort of fall back on that? Like, hey, we're going to just transform into this and then duke it out, you know? Not that often. And and I remember so many of the episodes just kind of being one-offs, you Mm -hmm. know? 
um, and w- which was so kind of typical of, of, of shows that it didn't have it didn't follow like a, a continuous storyline. So it wasn't it wasn't uh, it was infrequent. Okay. Really. Okay. Um, you know, and which is a shame because I think there was a comic book that came out. I think what. Uh, it was uh, not that I, long. Yeah, IDW had a comic book that was out in the last, you know, like at least in the last decade, which I think Michael Uslan had actually was behind. Yeah, and it had a different vibe to it than the the cartoon did. Yeah, uh, the cartoon, you know, had the typical kind of moral message and whatnot. And um, I, I mean, it's it's more like it, it's it's so surface. With most of the, uh, there, there was one episode where um, I forget it. I forget exactly the, the premise now, but uh, I feel like one of the humans was like trying to clean up the ship, or he was doing yeah, maybe he's doing magic or something like that. And then um, which you know shenanigans ensue after that, or like the amusement park episode that we we kind of talked about offline, which there's like a charm with these episodes to a degree with a certain age group. And then, you know, then it gets a little bit older. Like for example, Bodhi loved it. Like I said, when he was younger, but now he's more just into like, well, there's gotta be action. You know, where's the action? Uh, where, where's the, where's the guns or something, you know, uh, where's the missiles. So that for this one, this show didn't have that per se. It was a little more, um, you know, overall family friendly, I guess, in a way, because yeah. like making it not making it so serious, like Dino Riders, for example. Right. Which was why it um, didn't have the like like Corey was saying, it didn't have the turning into the original form of the Allosaurus to have the big epic battle because they just weren't into having big battles in the first place because it was definitely more kids oriented in terms of its like young kids audience. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think you know you you Corey, you were saying that um, elements of like Captain Planet. Uh, I also see elements of like so many kind of Japanese cartoons that that were Americanized yeah. uh, later on, especially with the opening of Dino Ra- yeah. Dino Saucers. The, yeah. the opening is like a beautiful piece of cinema, uh, in my opinion, animation cinema. Like it's so so good. And it kind of sets it up like it's too good, almost like Bionic 6, where it's like <laughs> it's so good. And then you see the quality of every episode and you're like, this is not as good as the opening. The opening's really good. And well, the that logo, actually the, the logo is so cool, too, because like this, that face comes out at you and everything. It's yeah. awesome. I think that was the real reason why I watched it. I think I probably just watched it Me because too. of the opening. And it was like that logo. <laughs> Because it like reached out and bites yeah. the screen or whatever. But Me too. Um, again, like as we're doing the show, I'm starting to you know realize I, I had no idea back then. But again, once again, Haim Sabam and Shuki Levy did the theme song. Of course, for they did. the show, which is why I'm like, oh no wonder. I think I just liked their music for the shows, and then I might may or may not have actually liked the show that came on after. Um, but. Back to the music that you were talking about with uh, Pacific Rim, Corey. Like, these guys were so iconic with their music that I could totally see that they would steal <laughs> notes and beats from it because they just probably resonated anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they might not have even known. The, the person who did the score for Pacific Rim might not have even known that he, yeah. was, he or she was ripping off dinosaurs. Yeah, but, uh... not at all. Yeah, <laughs> But that might, intro... 
That intro is yeah. fantastic. I'm I'm uh, I remember the show. Uh, I remember all three of these shows. Uh, I probably had the most experience with Dino Riders, which is where I, I'm talking about it. But I do remember the show. Like I I remember that intro and everything. But that's kind of what I remember is that intro. And I think I probably saw it, and then I always enjoyed that intro, and then I probably just sort of phased out and kind of maybe played with my toys instead or just have it on the background, you know, or something. Um, but that intro is hella strong, but you know, the, the, the two episodes that I watched were, they weren't not entertaining. Like I thought they were fun. Um, you know, I do think that they were a little bit like, like all the things we literally just said, I, I do agree with both of you guys on that, but I, I just want to say that I didn't have a, I, I didn't not have a good time with it. You know, I just don't know if I would sit through like 60 episodes of it even when i was a kid but i can appreciate what they were trying to do with it and i can appreciate the, the quality honestly the the quality is fairly consistent throughout every episode that i saw yes it's not as good as the intro but at this point we're all used to that we're all used to the yeah. the thundercats scenario you know <laughs> and i think we were Perfect used to example. it as kids too i think we fucking understood back then as well um yeah. but that intro is fucking baller what <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, that um, so the guy on Instagram, his name is uh, Master Turtle underscore Customs. This guy is like his knowledge on Dino Saucers is probably the most out of anybody worldwide. Like he and he down to the point where he's custom made the figures that didn't exist that should have been made for this toy line. He's got a whole history of he actually makes until someone else actually owns the rights and does a proper toy line because they need to do a proper toy line for this show. Uh, it's like, so if Coke hadn't folded this division, it would have definitely continued. See, definitely. And, and I'm, and so Zach sent us, uh, to the text group, uh, uh the, the pic, you know, the pictures and everything I'm looking at it right now. And like, is, you know, the designs and all are, are cool and everything on the cartoon, but I, I didn't quite, connect with them but i can tell you right now if i had this giant hunk of plastic in my hand as a kid i would have fucking loved this show because (laughs) you can just looking at these things in toy form i get it it it, the they were made to be toys first you know and the show is supposed to come second and they look you know they can look a little goofy on the show sometimes but when you actually look at the toy and it's just a giant piece of plastic next to like a little you know it's just that would have been fun. That would have been fucking cool right there. Well, I think that's something that when you get to your show, uh, we can talk about as well. And I was explaining it. I was explaining it to my seven-year-old son, the fact that these shows, obviously, and we've talked about this before, were made to sell a product, right? Dino Riders specifically. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if it didn't have a product behind it, it didn't do very well. Right. It, it, because it didn't have that connection. It didn't have the continued play at home yeah. after the fact, after the show has ended. And so you think about some of the toys that came out from some of these shows back in the day, like Tiger Sharks, for example. Great concept. The toys sucked. You know, they were just they were. But now you go on eBay and they sell for like hundreds of dollars. The, these crappy toys that that <laughs> Toys R Us couldn't get off the shelf. They were in the the, the three the two dollar bin, you know. Uh, Dino Riders like I don't think there was a the big of a craze with dinosaurs then as there is now. I think I think the dino craze with kids hit after Jurassic Park came out. Like I think if you re-released this show or remade this show now. It would be huge 
because of the dino craze. I don't dinosaurs are never going anywhere from like they're never going away. Yeah. Thanks to Michael Crichton and Steven Spielberg, well, you know. I was, uh, the, it's it, you're right and the point is but the, these came out before that and it's interesting yeah. cuz I was telling somebody I was talking to a buddy of mine Alex today I was just talking on the phone I was like talking about what we're going to record tonight and everything and I was like yeah I was like 1987 through 88 was a big year for cartoon dinosaurs for some reason he's like he was like why it's like he, we were like Jurassic Park and yeah. I was like Jurassic Park's not going to be for another like 7 years or 5 6 years or something so it's like why all of a sudden was like 87 and 88 did we just get this glut of dinosaur stuff <laughs> yeah. Who I don't knows? know. I, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to think about really if you think, you know, it um it makes sense if it was a sci-fi space show or if it was a um, you know, well, like yeah, I'm trying to think there's not many other shows that were like the the fact that we're doing all three dino yeah. centered shows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this might be all of them. I don't think there's any other than like <laughs> yeah, there was dinosaurs on Fox, but that was a live action one. But I don't think there were any other dinosaur animated shows back then. I think we're covering them all. But it's there also was, interesting uh, to note that they're all three so very different. What, what were you gonna say, Diallo? There actually was a um, an animated dinosaur show. It was um, kind of like it was kind of like Land of the Lost. I think it was like a va- la Valley Lost Valley or Valley of the Dinosaurs, something like that. Yeah. Hmm, Def- okay. There definitely was one, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. But I think I think though that, that for all of these to come out around the same time, it's just very interesting mm-hmm. uh, to, to to look back on because we didn't have dinosaur movies at that time like we do now. Yeah, you know, um, and you know what 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 do kids have cartoon wise that have dinosaurs on them now? Camp Cretaceous, you know, which is great by the way. Uh, if no one's ever seen it, you should check it out. That, that's it's a Jurassic very, Park very spinoff, scary. right? It's really scary. Yeah, it's a Jurassic Park spinoff um, that I auditioned for back in the day when it was known as Chomp. Oh. That was the, uh, the oh, secret wow. name. You know, I didn't get the part, so I can talk all I want about it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it in and that is a great cartoon. Animation is not so great, but the storyline is really decent. Uh, but man, like. I think you could easily reboot all three of these shows in different ways. It's just interesting that, you know, dinosaurs, you explain that concept to a kid now. They're like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. Right? Space dinosaurs. Space dinosaurs (laughs) befriending kids. It is a home run concept right out of the gate. Boom. Yeah. And the toys that should have been, could have been, which are all on Master Turtle Customs, you know, Instagram page. Check those out because they are so cool. Like the ships and all the things that were planned to come out, all because of Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> How dare they? Fucking Ishtar. <laughs> and cheap plug. Cheap plug. If you want to know uh, some dirt on uh, Dustin Hoffman, check out $2 Late Feeds interview with director Jeff Canoe because he talks some hella shit about Dustin Hoffman. The, Jeff Canoe gives no fucks. Nope. <laughs> I love it. I love people who give no fucks. I know some uh, dirt, too. He's, he's, not a, he's not a good guy. <laughs> nope. 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 But I do love Tootsie. I do love Tootsie. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something 
not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. And now, back to the show. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> guys and gals, let's. Uh, I'm gonna move on to Dino Riders and uh, Tycho presents Dino Rider. There you go, <laughs> fucking Tycho presents Dino <laughs> Riders. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> Dino Riders was a 14 episode series produced by Marvel Productions and Tycho Toys. The show was co-created by Jerry Conway, which uh, we don't need to talk about anymore, uh, to promote Ooh. the Ooh. the Tyco <laughs> Dino Riders toy line. Um, up to up to then, Tyco was mostly known for the HO scale model railroad sets, slot car racing sets, and RC cars. Um, I had one of their RC cars. I actually saw the commercial for it in the episode that we all watched, which is really cool on YouTube. Nice. They actually That's had Tyco cool. commercials in there. That's from that VHS. That's from the VHS tape. Yeah, because it's like they're trying to push the the Tyco um, toys. One big commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which makes it. sense. I'm it. fine with that. <laughs> oh, I'm so fine with it. I love it. Uh, Dino Riders focuses on the battle between the the Valerians and the evil Rulon Alliance, uh, humanoid of, of humanoid style creatures. So like the Valerians are like are definitely like human looking, and then the Rulons are kind of like you know giant frogmen, giant uh, snake guys, yada 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 they're interesting looking um both races are from the future and they were uh, but where they were teleported back in time to prehistoric earth once there the valerians befriend their dinosaurs to help them while the rulons brainwash them and it's pretty cool because even in the toys um the 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 bad guys have like uh br- like brain cap things that go on the dinosaur and they have to actually put it on there um, yeah shit what they call them they call them brain brain uh, boxes brain boxes yeah yeah, yeah. It's, I thought though, I always thought that was kind of neat, even as a kid, that there was even a distinction like in the toy form and everything. God, and the awesome. the cartoon is a very much a replica of the toys. Like they do a great job of, of look making them look exactly uh, like the toys. Um, the the Dino Rider toys were released in three waves. Uh, the last one being an Ice Age uh, line with mammals instead of dinosaurs, and that was in 1990. Uh, the larger toys in the line had uh, motorized walking action. The like the Brontosaurus was the biggest one that was in Wave Two, and then huge. The, it was huge. It had like like giant pods on the side and everything. <laughs> um, wave One had the Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, the famous Tyrannosaurus Rex. The, t- the here's what's interesting. The dino aspect of the toys, like the dinosaur part of the toy. So you get you get an actual dinosaur like toy, and it has. No really markings or anything on it, right? And then you add the robot pieces to it um, or the armor pieces, put it on there, which I always like that aspect of it. But the dino part were so well done that the Smithsonian Institute commissioned Tycho to reproduce them for the uh, the uh, for the dinosaurs and other prehistoric reptiles collection in the dc uh museum um but they had them take the the motorized part out of them and everything so they so basically 
they're like, these are so good. We want to put them in the museum to kind of illustrate, you know, in these dioramas that we have. Can you make us some, custom make us some, but take out the motorized parts and everything. But damn, that's, that's impressive. But it does make sense because the dinosaurs were designed by William Stout, who is best known as a paleontological artist. Basically, he, he draws um, dinosaurs, but podcasting after dark fans will also recognize him as the production designer for Return of the Living Dead. Whoa. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Wild. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the behind the scenes. It seems like there was definitely some some synchronicities happening behind the scenes they were doing something right if if they caught you know smithsonian's eye and everything but uh you know like like i said and like you guys all said it, it mine is the shortest run of all of them mine's only 14 episodes uh essentially half a season nothing really there because uh, i think one of them was like a was made for like the vhs and you know we we all watched the first one the 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 very first episode and as i'm watching it i'm like once I'm done with it, I'm like, I kind of don't really need any more episodes because this one informed everything that I needed to know to play with the toys and, and whatnot. And I get it. Like, you could just basically package that VHS with the Tyrannosaurus Rex or something like that. And then, boom, you have your whole entire, you know, uh, uh, you know series right there your whole like your your setup essentially what i'm trying to say um but the 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 show starts with the weakest of the beginnings uh, uh it's just a musical intro and it's not even like all that exciting <laughs> of, of of a song and uh even in the pilot has this uh other part to the intro it's like a rotoscoping aha take on me style uh kids in a museum and then the kid looks up at the dinosaur it, it wasn't even necessary like he, the kid didn't get teleported or anything it, it wasn't even necessary it was like a complete waste of time and the intro kind of sucked but i do think that that's offset by the the animation style of the actual episodes themselves uh in the episodes themselves i thought they were quite fun um voice cast your typical 80s mid 80s voice cast everybody from frank welker to cobra commander every single <laughs> everybody you could possibly imagine it's all rob the normal paulson. ones huh rob paulson rob paulson was in it uh, uh peter cullen all the usuals um the the show the first episode you know kind of they they basically the the Valerians are getting chased by like the entire armada of the bad guys, and I actually kind of like the setup. They're trying to get away by by jumping through time essentially, and the bad guys lock onto them with a tractor beam, and it brings them through time as well. They land on prehistoric Earth. They don't kind of explain how they know it's Earth, but they land on prehistoric Earth, and. You know, they discovered, obviously right away, they discovered dinosaurs. The good guys, the Valerians, have this, like, gem around their neck that allows them to sort of talk to the dinosaurs to be to, to befriend them. And I was like, hmm, are they? But I was like, but aren't they also brainwashing them? Aren't yeah. they just <laughs> as bad as the bad guys? Like, I could actually get into that. But um, Youngstar <laughs> is. Youngstar is a dick. He is. Questar was kind of a, of a D-bag. But uh, but then the, the bad guys, you know, they see what what's going on. They, of course, 
blame the good guys for basically bringing them back in time. And they're like, okay, we can take these dinosaurs and we can basically hook a, a brain box up to their head and, you know, ride them and, and attack the good guys. And the episode culminates with a really awesome battle, I thought, uh, at the end of it. And, you know, I thought the animation was, was well done. I thought, uh, you know, it, it accurately represented the toys, uh, the toys that I had, a few of them when I was a kid. I remember watching this show uh, as a kid. It wasn't like one of my favorites. Maybe it's because it didn't have time to be one of my fav- favorites at only yeah. 14 episodes. I don't truly know how many episodes I actually saw. Um, but I always, as a kid, I always thought it was cool that they let the toys look exactly like the cartoon because you guys know sometimes they don't always look the same. I mean, GI Joe. Let's let's talk about GI Joe, E-Man. right? You know, E-Man. so and He Man and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? It's really freaking cool that the toys look the same and uh, as the cartoon. So that's yeah. For me, that was uh, Dino Riders. It was a, a cartoon and a toy line that I enjoyed, but it wasn't probably one of my favorite ones. But I enjoyed revisiting it just now. I thought it was really neat. I was just going to jump in really quick and say, in regards to that intro to the pilot, this is my theory as to why they do that. Aha. Everybody's at the natural history museum looking at dinosaurs. This was the thing where a parent would say, uh, you know, the kid would beg their parent, mommy, mommy, mommy. Can we, when we watch dino riders, please, please, please. And she'll look at him like, this looks like a super violent cartoon. I'm not going to let you watch this. No, no, no. It's educational. And she puts it in the VCR and she presses play. And the opening has that kind of, reading rainbow like we're gonna do, watch and do an educational thing and for the first she's like i'm gonna watch the first 30 seconds and she's watching going oh this is educational yeah and there's a teacher there and there's kids oh this is good okay you enjoy that billy and then she leaves and then tyco presents dino riders <laughs> your parents are gone so now we're gonna inflict your brain with all this bye 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 toy 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 shit <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I can I can totally see that happening. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying. That's what yeah, it is. I don't. Have, I don't have a problem with it either. I, honestly, I mean, I don't have a problem with my cartoons selling toys. That doesn't. I don't that doesn't care. Really they do that me. now. Yeah, movies do that now. Every everything Every Marvel does it. Movie. Everything does it. Yeah, who um, cares? What, one the... one thing I will say, and it, this also pertains to Denver as well. Um, all three shows. I think did a good job of representing when they had to show real dinosaurs, not like alien ones or whatever. I thought they did a good job of actually trying to make the dinosaurs look realistic on all three shows. All right. Good talk guys. And, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I, I agree. I agree. The buzz. I agree. I agree. No, I, I think that I totally agree with you. Um, young star was uh quest stars, a son, I think. Maybe? Yeah, I think so, that guy yeah. was a douche. Yeah. Uh, the way he was manhandling the, the, the animals, uh, the villains, which I love, by the way, all the villains look killer, but it's like such a, you're talking about with, uh, dinosaurs being a, a test group. This is like, okay, we need a snake guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a frog guy yeah. and, uh, and a shark guy. Do they have any connections to anything? No, they yeah. just look cool. And, I'm cool with that. And, and yeah. snake yeah. guy is definitely going to be voiced by Cobra commander. right right and and oh that voice crew like fucking hearing peter cullen voice all the uh bodie goes i really like gunner that gunner character he's cool like the old guy you know he wasn't bad right Mm -hmm. yeah he no he was the um he was like the kind of heavy set dude yeah yeah uh the blind guy is awesome too 
And did you, did, did either of you guys get the, uh, the reference, the Star Trek reference in the pilot? Uh, no. no. Whoa. So when they're flying, uh, when they're in, in the beginning and they're in space and uh, before they get sucked into the tractor beam, one of the characters goes, I, I, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> That's I definitely awesome. wouldn't have caught that. I barely watched Star, any Star Trek, so I would never know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know nothing about Star <laughs> nothing Trek. Nothing at all. Uh, and I, lastly, uh, I'm just going to say I, I had... I had two of the action figures because, like Mask, they came out with, um, uh, like, they would sell the the dinos, right, with the guys, but they're really expensive. I remember it just being, my mom would always say it was just too expensive for us to buy them. So I ended up getting, like, two of the figures in a two-pack, and I remember them being kind of a weird size, and Mm -hmm. their leg proportions were different from their arms. Like, if you look at the toys on eBay or whatever— they just look kind of dumpy looking. They weren't very cool compared to the cartoon. The 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 figures weren't the, the hu- um, like the the, the humans. humans. Yeah, they're or the yeah like the riders. Like all all the aesthetic, all the goodness is in the dinosaur the and dinos. its armor and all that kind of. They they look awesome. And I'm with you. I never quite liked the actual figure. I liked the dinosaur. Whereas conversely with mask, I always liked the mask figures because I thought they put a lot of detail into such a small figure. But here, these were kind of the same size figures, but they just weren't made as well as the mask ones were. No. So, so, and you bring up a really good point because um, prior to Dino Riders coming out, Kenner had released a toy line called Bone Age. (laughs) Which I think is hilarious. You all zone. ready for the Bone Age? I am. I'm, um, I'm looking it look up, up while Bone you talk. Age. Bone Age. Bone Age had dinosaurs. That, that internet that, search is going to be a little awkward. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, be careful with that. <laughs> Type in Kenner Bone Age figures. Um, the 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 figures were cavemen. There was different factions of cave people uh, with with fossil fossils that they would like basically ride around in and so the dinosaurs were fossils with the cavemen the fossils looked cool but they weren't practical because what are they they possessed or something so so you can totally tell that all they did was take the science toys of the dinosaur bones science toys repackage them with like a little rider figure i remember these dude and i remember as a kid being like that doesn't seem right to me. Why are they bones? <laughs> well, was, that was lame. That was lame. But the figures were really cool looking. The the figures uh, essentially were, you know, like cave versions of mask characters. And because the, the the detail on the on the figures on the cavemen were was killer. Yeah, I thought they were badass with that like, but stupid ass accessories. Um, yeah. Bone age. Anyways. I thought like, okay, you take those Bone Age guys and you put them with the Dino Riders, like play sets, and then you got yourself a nice marriage there. Um, anyways, that's my thing. And, no, and, I, and, I think that would have been would have been good. And I had that VHS tape. I still have that VHS tape somewhere. That Dino Riders tape, and um, and it, I got it free with, I think it might have been the two pack because they're like giving away the VHS tape. Yeah. Oh, they wow. Want, they really they want to get you excited. Yeah. 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 Diallo, what's what's your connection to uh to Tycho's Dino Riders? You Dino know, Riders. I actually I actually don't have it's it's re- again, it I have these weird blind spots of shows. You know, it's like I can like name like these super obscure ones and I watched I feel like I watched almost everything, but then this is one. I always 
I always knew about it. Like when you guys said you wanted to do this one, I was like, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, but I'd never watched it. I actually didn't know anything about it, really. And it was it was actually interesting because as I was watching it, I realized that I actually knew it more from the action figure line than anything, because I think there were probably ads in my comic books. Yes, there um, were. There were yeah. in the Marvel oh. comics. Yeah, yeah, totally. yep. yeah. And like and then you said Marvel comics and because I was trying to I was I, I was trying to piece together why I missed this. And so. I, you know, I kind of looked it up, and I remember after seeing this, it used to come on a Marvel Action Universe. Yes. And where I lived, it came on TV20, and I think that they only showed it, like, on Sundays. Uh, and I think yes. that's why I missed it, because I, I was I had to go to church every Sunday. Uh, still have issues about that. But <laughs> all the great Sunday shows you missed. Yeah, I did. Oh, I missed. Jesus. I missed Kids Incorporated for years. It was good. It's sad. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so that I think that's why I missed it. And then I, I do remember though because there was an episode of um, X Men. They they showed the Pride of the X Men episode, mm -hmm. and at that time it was like a big deal. They were going to show that one episode, and I made sure I watched that episode, and I, that was how I kind of saw that it was a part of this Marvel action universe, and there were other shows. Anyways, I never watched it, and also I was a little at that point. I would have been like. 17 16 17 so i okay. definitely you're, you're was too old it. to even think about like toys obviously i'm still watching cartoons um, <laughs> obviously but, <laughs> obviously but that little connection because like you know as we talk about this one and especially denver i was like by the time denver came on i was like it was in this space where i just wasn't like i missed it i knew i knew it existed but i just completely missed it you know yeah yeah um so anyways yeah but it having said all of that i actually watched it and i was like oh this is my jam <laughs> yeah totally Good shit. i was like this is like what i like the kind of things that i like you know it was like it opened the spaceship i'm like okay check you know <laughs> and then they were like we're gonna time travel i'm like oh shoot they're gonna time travel the past check and then they crash yep. land on the planet and they're trapped in the past i'm like check and then they open the door and they're like dinosaurs and like, like I, I actually, I actually dug it. Like, you know, like uh, Zach was saying, like the, the lizard uh, bag dudes. And I just like, I thought it was all kind of like standard setup stuff, but I yeah. really liked the, um, like the design and the, like the characters felt like they had actual personalities and character that would have expanded over time. They just didn't get a chance to, um, yeah, there. It seemed like there was a lot more thought put into this this show than in other shows. It just didn't get a chance to to really go yeah. anywhere. Um, but yeah, again, I re I really dug it. Yeah, it didn't have the theme song. Maybe that was the maybe it was <laughs> maybe Haim Saban and Shukuleva were busy. Yeah. It was a precursor to what they do now, where there's like it's just a a, a musical you know intro with a score, no lyrics. Yeah, like maybe they saw into the future. Yeah. Well, that that it also felt very uh, that open. Uh, that opening was really weird. I didn't get it. Yeah. I actually, when I was done, I had to actually go back and watch it from the beginning because I almost thought like, was I like dreaming that? Like it did had no connection to anything really. I thought it. I thought it was going to be like this kid warps 
and yeah. joins the Dino Riders. And like, <laughs> nothing to do with it at all. I, I, I had to like you know tap my phone screen to bring up the title. I was like, did I click on the wrong thing? Yeah. I was like, no, it still says Dino Riders. I was like, okay, I'll see how this plays out. But it felt like they were trying to do, like if you were making a pilot, it kind of felt like they were doing um, almost like a direct-to-video presentation of it. It didn't have Which that. Which it was. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yeah. Because it didn't have yeah. that same cadence that I like expect or know from like a, a traditional like 30 or 24-minute cartoon, 22-minute cartoon. So that might have been what it was for the pilot. I didn't want, again, I didn't watch any of the other episodes. But it also might have had to do something with the format for being on that Marvel Action Universe as well. So... Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I actually I actually dug what I saw. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, uh, so, you know, you, you know where I noticed I, I, I know what you're talking about, where the where it seemed there's something different where. It, yeah, the, the um, like that made for video presentation because mm-hmm. Denver has that, too. And it's pilot It's oh, yeah. moments where there's like no music and it's mm-hmm. like they're walking in a scene, which probably would have been cut in like the TV version for timing wise mm-hmm. to go from a 27 to a 22. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, it, it, it's it. And I think we noticed that as adults, we wouldn't have noticed that as kids, the animation kind of is for 88. It feels old school to me mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. Like I, I dig it. Um, but, but it definitely didn't feel like 88 when I saw it. Yeah. I think when I saw it in 88, I felt like it was an older show. Like it well, just, it almost had that, uh, it almost had that like kind of Hanna-Barbera f- yes. feel to it. Yeah. Like, uh, totally. uh, what you call it? Uh, Johnny, what's his name? John, Johnny <laughs> Quest. Totally, Johnny Quest. Yeah. Johnny yeah. Quest. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that Valley of the Dinosaurs, which like I'll, I'll send you a link later, but it definitely has that kind of like serious look to it but that was like you know uh, late 60s 70s those shows so yeah in dial i think you might remember in the comics uh it was the ad had robocop kind of it was a full page ad it had robocop reaching forward but then it also had the the giant brontosaurus behind it from dino riders Uh um and i remember and i can still remember the ad clear as day because on the side of the dinosaur are the pods and mm-hmm. the colorist painted the, the the pods the same color as uh, the dinosaur. The dinosaur. So the dinosaur looks like it has two giant tumors on its side. And, and as a kid, I was like, well, that's not right. That's not right at all. And they, they never fixed the ad. It's always been that. And I was always, and even to this day when I see that ad, I'm always like, it looks like tumors. Guys, it's, it's supposed to be metal, not green, okay? What if that was like the key to why the whole show didn't <laughs> uh, go for <laughs> That one ad. That one fucking ad. That one colorist. <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there, I'm Adiella Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. 
Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The winter tell is almost here. And now, back to the show. Zach, you ready to sing us the Denver the Last Dinosaur song? Oh, man. Denver the Last Dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole lot more. A whole lot more what? It's a good question, right? What? Dino dingus. <laughs> uh, you guys talked about, you know, two shows that potentially across the board, the dino writers had marketing or had products up the wazoo uh, toy wise and dino saucers should have. This one, on the other hand, had none of that. Um, dino Denver, the last dinosaur you know, came out around the same time, um, in 88 and it had lasted for 50, lasted for 50 episodes, uh, until 1990. Um, it was produced by world events productions, which is mostly known for Voltron, the original mm-hmm. Voltron defender of the universe okay. and saber rider in the star sheriffs, which is a badass cartoon too. I know Diallo knows that cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up as you speak. <laughs> yes. So th- this show, though, I didn't watch it as a kid because I thought it was lame because uh, I was 12 or 13 at the time. And I was way more focused on violence and <laughs> uh, things with a more darker subject matter. Denver was like a family friendly kid show, a family friendly across the board. And I think at the time I was rebelling against anything that resembled uh, late 80s, early 90s. Now, as an adult, I love this show. I think the colors are amazing. I think the voice cast is amazing. I think that like the dialogue, everything about it is so bonkers and silly, which is what I love now as an, as an adult. As a kid, I totally see why I wouldn't have watched this, you know. Um, flip that. My son loves it, but he's seven. So there you go. Uh, yeah, the show, it, it, it focused on these Valley kids, uh, in Los Angeles and the opening of the show shows like landmarks of LA, like the Capitol building and Hollywood. Uh, they're getting bullied by kids at La Brea Tar Pits and they stumble upon a dinosaur egg, which they accidentally crack open and it releases the last living dinosaur, uh, who, doesn't who's his own breed i think at one point they call him the funnosaurus uh <laughs> and one of the evil characters that he gets kidnapped by um the first episode is a pilot it was an hour long um every episode after that obviously is like the, the standard 22 minutes the the first episode centers on those kids finding denver befriending him uh then this <laughs> this evil um uh, recording producer by the name of uh morton fizzback <laughs> he sees uh voiced by uh, uh voiced by brian cummings who's also the voice of um uh dr mindbender on gi joe oh, okay mm. yeah yeah uh 
Arise, Serpentor, arise! <laughs> Cobra Commander, we must find the DNA of Sergeant Slaughter. Um, he plays Morton Fizback, who's like this uh, sleazy uh, producer guy, and he wants to turn Denver into recording guy, you know, a recording superstar, which he, like, kidnaps Denver, puts him at the Hollywood Bowl to do a concert where he basically just sings the original song to the that show. That was such a high concept. <laughs> It was, and I'm not going to lie, Denver was having a good time. So I'm like, well, who's really the bad guy here? <laughs> yeah, but then, but then, uh, you know, apparently he senses there's too much heat on him on Denver. So he's going to, like, get rid of him. He's going to sell him to, uh, uh, you know, this professor who wants to, Professor Funt, who want, who's an evil scientist who wants to basically um, dissect him. And uh, and when he gets when he gets captured by the evil scientist and put in the cage, this little uh, this little Asian girl named Joy comes out, random girl out of nowhere with a little yeah, dinosaur. In out of nowhere. <laughs> I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my friend. <laughs> and then the, her her grandfather randomly comes out of nowhere. He's like, no, we must free him. No, I want him to be my friend unless he wants to be free. <laughs> and this is a really funny moment for me because uh, they go to commercial. And the bumper is the little girl, Joy, going, oh, she says, she says, um, Denver will be right back, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) And then it comes back from commercial and she's like, back to Denver. I think <laughs> it was so weird because it, it changes. Yeah, it was like it's that's not the yeah the bumper was always different and then that one came on. I <laughs> yeah, and, and you know this 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 show is super silly. It it focuses uh, you know there's moral episodes um, you know after this that focus on like conservation and 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 uh, you know like greed and ecology and like you know family like things kids should think about and it was endorsed by uh like the education national education association because it was probably one of the most wholesome shows on at that time um but the 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 cast of characters like there's like four uh you know, there's four Valley kids, uh, two of which are voiced by the same voice actor named, um, named Cam Clark. Cam Clark is a, he's a, he's a legend in the business. The guy has done everything. He was, he was on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was Leonardo and Rocksteady on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for example. But, uh, I know him from, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because he played Igor. Oh, Doctor Gangrene, dude, what's going on? Like he plays the the same voice in this. Yeah, I could um, I could hear him. I heard it. I could hear. Totally it. hear that. Uh, you know, Rob Paulson does a couple of voices on yep, this show. I, I heard him too. I was like, hey, is that Rob? Yep, that's Rob. <laughs> yeah, and he does like three or four voices in a row, and you're like, clearly that he's doing all three of those voices. Yeah. Um, Pat Fraley, you know, Pat Fraley is Krang. He's Casey Jones, like from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's the voice of Denver. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's a wacky show. I, I love it. Uh, I own the, the, the box set DVDs. Uh, it's it's a fun like for me it, it it's so non-threatening in in every way you just put it on its background noise and it's so silly the dialogue's really silly um is is for this being a family-friendly show you hear the kids calling each other moron and stupid and idiot and <laughs> and i'm like damn dude this is that's some harsh shit for for back in the day um but i love it man like i love denver the last dinosaur so when you guys were like I'm doing dino saucers. I'm doing dino riders. I'm like, I 
guess I gotta do Denver the Last Dinosaur then because it's a dino show, but has it's definitely like the most tame out of all of them. I mean, the worst thing they do is they throw the bad guys in a crate at the end and ship them off to Australia, uh, allegedly, because they but they come back because that has to be the you know antagonist for the rest of this show. I, and, right. I, and I and I and by the way, it. I love the guy coming to pick up uh, the for the, the the package to go to Australia. Of course, he's Australian. He's all going to Australia, mate. You know, it's like of course. Voiced by Rob Paulson. Of course. <laughs> and of it's course. it's not actually the best Australian accent. No. It's like kind of a good eye. Hi, mate. Here we go. Right. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, Denver. Denver's a fun show. God damn, like the the, the neon. It's got everything that I love. Mm-hmm. Neon, pink. Uh, sunglasses, valley guys, and like really cool, weird, wacky voices. Like it's it's everything that I watch now. Going, that's why I want to be a voice actor because it just looks like so much fun. You know, those guys were having a great time recording this show. But yeah, that's my two cents about Denver. Uh, I open the floor to your thoughts, Diala. Um, yeah, I that was again. Denver was well outside of my range of what I like would have allowed myself to watch as a connoisseur of, uh, of adult um, themed cartoons. Uh, that's my sarcasm. Like I, I just, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. For whatever reason, I just, you know, I just, it just seemed like beneath me or whatever. And I never watched it, but I always like, again, but I always, I knew, I knew it. I saw it come on all the time. I could sing the theme song, even though I never watched the show, which is weird. Um, but that's who I am. It actually, I think it, I think I'm not sure, but that song got a lot of play in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I, it, I think it was like, I would watch it come on and then, mm-hmm. and then I would change, change the channel to whatever. <laughs> what the fuck is um, this? Yeah. But it was a little, you know, just, I, for whatever reason it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't quite what I wanted to see and then and again at that time there was like so much other dinosaur content i always in my head it was always between that and um dino saucers and dino saucers was one i deferred to and watched uh, repeatedly but yeah one thing um uh cory actually uh i to, to speak to or both of you to speak to why these shows were on I was like looking at sort of like the timeline of like what was kind of going on at the time and Land Before Time actually came out um, in about 1988 or 87 or 88, I think. Okay. And I think that's why they had the cart, those cartoons. It was like that dinosaur movie was big and then they like made stuff after. And I do remember Land Before Time was big. I remember the McDonald's toys and everything. Yeah, I loved Land Before Time. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Fun fact, I would watch all three of these shows anytime repeatedly before I would even toe dip back into Land Before Time. (laughs) Just saying. Wow, that's that's a bold statement. Uh, I'm going to die on that sword. I'm going to die uh, on that sword or hill or whatever. It was it was really fun watching this episode though. Um like there I really got really strong this it's hard for me to like describe this but work with me a little bit here. When I was watching it, it had Saturday morning cartoon vibe rather yep. than like syndicated cartoon vibe to me. Totally. Which totally. was kind of weird. I don't know how to describe it other than it was something about the music, the cadence, the way the actors were um, delivering their lines. And it's sort of like they, I think like 
those Saturday morning cartoons that are especially were like in the earlier 80s tended to have, again, these really high concept, made no sense <laughs> premises. Like, we're going to have this dinosaur sing at a concert, like, kind of thing. And it just, it was just kind of... He kinda, can skateboard and he yeah, can play guitar. <laughs> yeah, so it was, like, super whimsical. And, yeah, so I, I, I really had that vibe from it more than anything else. And yeah, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. It definitely, um, I think it didn't, you know, it didn't take it seriously at all. And it didn't have, like, there was, like, some sort of, a piece of logic it didn't have which was why my i think my brain never really liked it because it it was kind of there was always this part of me that was just like he should he should be in secret you know <laughs> but he was yeah, just yeah. walking around singing concerts and um the egg they find is just like sitting out in the open basically <laughs> well have you guys you guys have been to liberated tar pits that's what yeah. it's like there's literally yeah. dinosaur eggs all over the place all yeah. over the place it's <laughs> like a little pit you just ride your your dirt bike over a rope and you fall in and boom there's denver um but no but it, it actually was really fun and you know i definitely wasn't the the demographic at all for it but i still i enjoyed it this time around for sure yeah yeah, my I mean, I literally have the exact same connection that both of you have with it. I I didn't watch it back in the day yet. Somehow I can I can recite the song. So I clearly it, it made its way somewhere into it, uh, into my brain. Um, but like Diallo, like Zach, I, I think I saw it when I was a kid. And I was like, this is too kiddy for me. I'm not going to I didn't really watch it. Um, but like both of you guys, when I watched it now, I found it to be so charming, uh, so so sweet in a good way, in a way yeah. that I feel like we don't see a lot anymore. You know, it just it had no cynicism to it, you know, and, no. and that's what I enjoyed about it. The colors are vibrant, um, but but. What, what's really amazing is just the design. It's such a cross-section, uh, a piece of 1988, you know. It's the, the the styles. Like, I was just mesmerized by all the different styles. Even, like, in class, the teacher had, like, an 80s style, but it was, like, yeah. it was a little bit more subdued. Like, and it just the, whoever was designing the characters clearly just had a, had their finger on the pulse to, like, what the 80s aesthetic sort of was. Um, I, I liked it. I really, more than I thought I would, uh, I, I was kind of dreading watching Denver. I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. I actually found myself... <laughs> enjoying that one a little bit more than the other two like it just maybe just a little bit more like I, but i thought it was cute and i was like this makes me feel good like it made me feel yeah. good inside and i'm like what is this feeling what is this <laughs> feeling that's going on in me but in, in like diallo i think you're 100 percent correct there's some kind of weird logical disconnect because you're like Every other cartoon has ever taught us that if there's some kind of creature like this, you're going to hide it. And that's like half of the storylines are going to be coming out about like it trying not to be discovered or whatever. But yeah, they're just prancing it out on stage. So yeah. I think also, too, it's like I don't kind of know what to expect with this show. I don't really know where it's going. And on top of it, I thought it took place in Colorado. I didn't know that the reason he they the, the how they named him was probably the worst part of the entire it's fucking hilarious. show. It was terrible. It's so stupid. But it's it's got to so be something original that it's like yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, like, a bus drives by with, like, a, a snowy mountain saying ski in Denver. And the, we'll call that, him Denver. And then we'll call him Denver. And I'm like, oh, that's that's terrible. I really thought that this whole show took – like, I, again, I remember the song, but I don't remember the intro. So I thought the whole show took place.
place in like Colorado. And I thought mm-hmm. they found him in Denver and that's why they name him Denver. So I was wrong there. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I think this one's actually worth checking out to be completely truthful with you. If anything, you know, fucking smoke a fat bowl. Turn just turn on some music. Don't even like listen to the voices or whatever, and just watch like the fucking like the aesthetic of it like wash over you, man. I feel like if any of like we all grew up in the eighties and and the seventies and whatnot, like I think that it'll instantly take you back there, you know, with, yeah. with how it looks and everything, and just all the shapes and the colors on, on the skateboard. And I'm just like, oh, this is so 1988, and I love it. I love it for that. I feel like really... this could be a. Oh, go ahead. Oh no! I, I was like, I was just kind of piggybacking off of what Corey was saying. I like seeing like the neon and the design of everything. It was actually interesting to look at it and be like, this is actually authentic versus like kind of like yeah. some of the like design stuff that we see now that tries to mimic the '80s. It was like, totally. I was like oh, this is actually it. And um, and yeah. I, I just one one really quick thing. I I really loved like at the end of the pilot episode when he has to he like channels the energy of the tyrannosaurus the shell yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> whatever yeah. oh, oh like, yeah that's right yeah. and he charges them and he's all rah <laughs> but uh the sun the shades is what puts him over the top i think that's yeah the, that's the part that like makes it you know everything's okay well, well zach you said that it has it has like a connection to like education and there was like a part in the middle of of the pilot where you know they they look into his gem or something or whatever the shell the shell yeah. and 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 they see it's the magic past. shell and then there's like and then there's this narration that there's a there's a narrator during the entire pilot which yeah. i also thought was a little bit interesting it didn't take me out but at the same time i was like that's a weird choice. But then the narrator at that one part, they really get into like, oh, this is a, a diplosaur and blah, blah, blah. And this is a, that. And I was like, oh, okay, this is. And then you could probably just trim that and a couple little things. And then bada bing, bada boom, the whole thing could be condensed into one sort of episode. But um, I can see why. I was like, okay, they put this in here to kind of give it some some credibility and, and get that endorsement, I guess, right? Yeah, because they have the flashbacks throughout other episodes and the connection to dinosaurs. And that is, yeah, your educational component as well. It's smart. It's smart. I mean, I feel like this show, um, the cast is like, looks like the group of Saved by the Bell. You know, yeah. they could, uh, the, <laughs> this is an animated version of that. And, and, it, and you know, what both of you said, it, like the authenticity of the time, uh, the colors, and damn, do we we do need like fun, uh, lighthearted things right now? And I think, um, yeah, maybe I'm at a stage where I'm just we're both all three of us are so nostalgic for this stuff, and and this really is a time capsule of a, of a bygone era. Um, obviously, dinosaurs and dino riders take place. Dinosaurs is current as well, but but it, it lives in its it lives in its own universe. Denver like lives in the now 1988 in Los Angeles. And so it's like, what did that look like? You know, in the Valley driving in these subdivisions and these pools in the backyard and these weird homes. It's, it's, it's so cool to see that. Um, I think obviously adults listen to our show. No kids do yet. <laughs> uh, but, but I, so, so I think most people who are going to listen to this are going to be like, Oh, I want to check that out. Cause it's, I want to, I want to, I want to go back in time. We all want to go back in time. You know, even if we did go back in time, we'd go, well, we want to change a bunch of things that happened back then. But uh, just to, to, to take this show for what it is, it's just a fun lighthearted show that all the episodes are on YouTube. So 
you know, it's all free. It's all there for you. And, uh, it's a wild ride. It's Denver. Yeah. I have like a t-shirt with Denver on it. I've got pins with Denver on it. That's the thing. Like, even though I never watched it, I can, I could pick out Denver. Like you could show me Denver uh, without any kind of title or whatever. And I could be like, Oh, that's Denver. The last dinosaur. Like I, it's, it's iconic weirdly, even though I'd never like seen anything. And at the same time, I'm like, I feel like there should have been just a million stuffed animals of Denver and a million toys because I, I like his design. I mean, he doesn't look like a fucking dinosaur, but I, I think he's cute, you know. But, no, but but you can easily see a wind-up tall, yeah. a wind-up toy where the head bobs back and yeah, forth, where anything. he does that thing. Is there anything out there? Do they do they merch anything of Denver? They, there's there's stuffed animals. Uh, I've seen stuffed animals online I, of him. Uh, they were like giveaways from Knott's Berry Farm. I think oh, okay. might have been. Okay. That might have been the, the there's a theme park line. I, I know on like if you go on Wikipedia, it's all there. Um, but uh, but I know that uh, you, they didn't market it that way, which in a way, like mindset now, I go much respect yeah. for for just wanting to make a show for a show. Yeah. Yeah. With no but, marketing, yeah, with no yeah merch to go with it or whatever, yeah. But because the '80s are so popular now, and hopefully they continue to be for the next several years, you could easily drop this shit back the way it is right now, and people would buy into it. Kids everywhere would be rocking that Denver T-shirt. You know they would. I I it's think so of, badass. I think of all three of the of them. Uh, weirdly, I think Denver holds up the most, but it's probably because it's so just nice and 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 it's not true you know what i mean like i just feel like it kind of could be watched today and it doesn't and but for fun factors you know with like the 80s and everything but i feel like it kind of holds up pretty well though yeah it does the high the high comedy i think that's what kind of makes it hold up a little bit better the uh it's even though it's like dated in a time you don't necessarily take things as serious uh as the other two shows so I think that's the sort of the dividing factor. And it was like, it was legit fun. It was yeah. pretty funny. And the characters, uh, even that, that, that group of bad kids that shows up or like, they were still kind of like, you know, movie typical, uh, you know, bullies, but it was, it was just fun. I had a, I had a good time. And even like the one, the older sister's boyfriend shows up and like, he like has a specific 80s style to him. It's like, yeah. it's so crazy. It's, it's wild. But, uh, I, I, I thought it was fun. I thought all three of them were, were fun. Um, I, I know Bodie has kind of fallen out with, uh, with dinosaurs, but I thought that was, that was a good one. Um, yeah, I thought all three of these shows were a lot of fun. If, if you have any kind of inkling or whatever if you think you kind of remember them in, in a positive light i'd say go tr- check them out on youtube i think the hardest one to find is is dinosaurs um we found that on i think on daily motion um but the other ones you can find on youtube no problem and you can find dinosaurs i think all three of them are worth a revisit but i would me personally i would probably sink my teeth into denver uh, truthfully it's so easy to do with that because it's like these lighthearted concepts and where do you go? You know? So if you want something to forget about your worries, I will say this is probably one of the most fun uh, episodes that I've participated in because all three shows are just so, it's so colorful. It's so up, like even the action of Dino Riders, it's like, it's so upbeat, like Dino Saucers, it's silly, you know? And, and, oh God, what's the one, 
pig-faced uh, dino, the Ankylosaurus one. Oh, So funny, yeah. like imitating the stuff, you know. And and so yeah, especially if you if you have kids, it's great. If you don't, it's fu- equally fun. Well, to- um, tonally, it's interesting how how different all three of these shows were. They really are. Dinosaurs is kind of the midway point for for the you know it's like Denver's totally lighthearted, Dino Riders intense, and then Dinosaurs is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, no. yeah, good, yeah, good point. Uh, Diallo, closing sure. thoughts on all three? Yeah, I I really you know I really loved all three. Um, I my preference probably is Dino Riders, um, followed by Dinosaurs and then Denver. Um, I have a little bit of a uh ptsd when it comes to to denver and then dinosaurs in general (laughs) (laughs) some years ago i pitched a concept to a uh really big studio and i kind of went far with it and then and then at some point they were just like oh no denver exists so therefore we can't do this one and i was like you guys suck Um, well diallo diallo really quick like one of my big pieces the juice box and for this is like an insider thing was definitely denver like an element of, of oh wow uh, besides recess the tv show recess yeah. but denver was like the energy was definitely there as well yeah and then you know and then i sometimes i get hired to write on projects that have to do with dinosaurs and then i get fired so i, I i'm it, this is a very triggering episode <laughs> for me oh jesus <laughs> but i triggered <laughs> had fun (laughs) (laughs) i had fun with my ptsd (laughs) diallo diallo's like i'm changing it to karen the last dinosaur no no (laughs) (laughs) oh i wish karen was the last dinosaur and then she'd be extinct don't we all? <laughs> well, another another fantastic episode. This is great. This is oh, great, oh, oh. guys. This is wonderful. Really I'm going to really go quick. drink. Really quick. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about movies when Diallo was like, you know, I think I know. I think I, figure out, I, think I figured out why, like, what that movie was going to be. Uh, I, I thought he was going to say Baby. You know, remember that movie, Baby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, movie? Baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Went oh, with, but uh, yeah, I remember. William I saw that Cat. in the theater. Yeah, William Cat was in it. Yeah. I saw that William in the theater. William Cat and Sean Young. Yeah. Um, yep, what year was that? that? Was that like mid '80s or? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, Blast from Our Past did a did a um, an episode on on Baby. Um, they did. Yeah, that Adam didn't like it <laughs> at all. Oh, uh, I loved it when I I don't remember it now. I like I I don't remember what it. Whether it was good or not, now well, it, it's funny because I assume we're both on IMDb right now trying to find it. And uh, if you just type in "baby" into IMDb, it does not come up at all. So I nope. think you have to go oh, with wow. the full name. Uh, and I don't remember. Look what... up, look up, or look up William Cat. Baby, oh, the okay. last uh, dinosaur. I think it it's came baby. out in 1985. 1985. Okay. Yes. Baby, uh, yeah. Secret of the Lost Legend. That's right. Baby Secret Se- of the Lost ah. Legend. Remember, uh, this is not dinosaurs, but uh, remember, I think was it called Iceman? Remember that one? Yes. I think it was. Yeah. A, was, Wasn't Timothy Hutton in that? I think so. Yeah. I, I, remember, uh, I remember Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. 
<laughs> yeah, my big Timothy brain can't understand. <laughs> my caveman brain doesn't understand your little simple tools. I'm just a caveman. <laughs> dude, dude, Iceman. First of all, Iceman, <laughs> Timothy Hutton, uh, John Lone, uh, David Strathairn, Danny Glover was in that. James Tolkien, you know, from um, Back to the Future, the principal in Back oh, yeah. to the Future. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, oh, great cast. Great cast. Um, that movie tanked. Yeah. Did they find a guy? Was it about finding, like, a guy? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah they, they, frozen. They, okay. Yeah. Oh, and he just, I remember. he was, like, living in. Yeah, it's a caveman. It was, it was a caveman lawyer. Yeah, it's a first caveman lawyer. Okay, same, got it. Same premise. <laughs> same fucking premise. Okay. <laughs> oh, John Lone. John Lone played the caveman. Yeah, dude. Oh, fucking wow. John, John Lone, bro. It doesn't look anything. I mean, great makeup job. Yeah. Wow. wow. I had no idea. That explains... Why he? I remember him always saying Pita. I don't know. That was like their Iceman God or something like that. Oh, oh man, he was in a lot of English. He was in the Hunted. Remember that movie? I was, dude. You just read my mind. Yeah, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to like that movie more than I did. But, but you know what brought it down for me? Christopher Lambert. Yeah, who I love, but he brought Uh, it down for me. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) he brought it down for me. That's just his raving laugh. Fun fun fact, fun fact. I had a hunted poster in my my room in in high school. Was his face on the front? Unfortunately, yeah. But I like the ninjas. I thought the ninjas. The ninjas were badass. They were cool because they actually were real. Like they tried to make them like look like real ninjas. Uh, True story part two. I've been sitting on on buying the Blu-ray and bringing it to uh, to podcasting after dark at some point. Oh wow. uh, The hunted. But I just I don't know if it was any good or not. Like I've only seen it. You know, I I had the poster for it, but I only seen it once for some reason. So Joan Chin was in that. Joan, and I think she was nude in it too. Yeah, yeah. But, and then, but then the 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 like the guy, the actual badass good guy, the protagonist. Uh, his name's uh, Yoshi, Yoshio Harada. He's no longer. He, he passed away in 2011. Yeah, because uh, Christopher Lambert was not like the main guy in the movie, if I remember correctly, right? Like, or not the hero no. per se. No, and then I think I feel like I could be wrong, but doesn't the 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 real good guy get killed I, and then yeah. he has to take over? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I I remember it being a weird convoluted story, and all I wanted to see was fucking ninja action. That's all I wanted, you know. <laughs> well, I think yeah. My biggest problem with that movie, I think, besides Christopher Lambert or being Christopher Lambert, was it, Big Trouble did it right where Jack was an idiot, and yeah. it actually was Wang Chi who saves the yeah. day. If you think about it. Uh, up until the end with Jack with the knife, but this one was this one was like uh, Christopher Lambert's character is an idiot, but he's gonna still save the day at the end. Like no, yeah, no, he should like he could still be second fiddle and the le- uh, whatever. Yeah. It's just there you go. But yeah, the Hunted's still a badass movie. The fight scenes are amazing. Yeah, well, I'm honestly again, like I said, it it's been something I've been you know pondering i'm like i don't know you know but it's it's sitting in my like my my wish list and one day i may just pull the trigger on it i'm not sure 
Are you bringing up that movie, The Hunted, because uh, at $2 late fee, we're doing a whole Ninja Vember right now? Uh, no, but uh, oh. this is a good segue <laughs> into good Ninja Vember on $2 late fee. So, Zach, take us into the, <laughs> into the, into the outro, baby. <laughs> oh, baby, baby, baby. Well, so uh, for those that don't know, on $2 late fee, we, well, Diallo and my co-host on there, Dustin, uh, went and saw New York Ninja. Uh, at the Beyond Fest earlier this year, and uh, we loved it so much that I said we're gonna we got to bring this to two dollar late fee. So if you don't know what New York Ninja is, then why the hell are you listening to podcasting after dark? Because <laughs> it's all cult movie and stuff. Uh, we are gonna be doing an episode by the time this airs. The episode we did where we talked about the movie and interviewed the band Voyager Three, who did the soundtrack for it, will be dropping. Uh, and then we have an interview with Cynthia Rothrock coming up at the end of the month and a huge contest where exclusive you heard it here first we're going to be giving away uh blu-ray copies of new york ninja like legit from vinegar syndrome with cover Um, cover art by the dude designs it's a it's a beautiful box set a two disc with a booklet Oh, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So anyways, we're going to be giving those away with a very special contest. The rules are going to be a little complicated because it's such a beautiful thing. We don't want to just give them away. Um, but go on to our Instagram and check us out and uh, f- for more information soon. Am, am, yeah, I allowed to, am I allowed to enter the contest? You're allowed to enter. <clears throat> I'm not going to get any preference, but I'm allowed to enter. <laughs> You're like, and then we may throw your name away <laughs> before putting it into that. <laughs> and, and I will say, I will say all month long at $2 late fees, Instagram page, we're doing a Ninja Vember thing right now. Currently, uh, by the time this airs, we're still probably doing it. Show Kasugi. We're doing a bunch of like clips from shows, movies, and um, uh, talking about the master, which is a show I want to bring mm. to, uh, mm. TV Obscura, The Master mm. oh, with yeah. Lee Van Cleef mm-hmm. and Timothy Van Patten. Yeah. And Shokasugi. It's Good a badass stuff. show. Okay. I own Oh, by the way, Diallo, you can get that on Blu-ray. Uh, Master? The set. The Master? Mm-hmm. The Master. Oh, wow. On Blu-ray? Why, why is that on Blu-ray, but like other stuff isn't? That's so... Because it, pro- like, no because it probably has no musical problems whatsoever. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Think? Every, yeah. every show, if, if guys and gals, we've talked we talk about this so much. If there's ever a show that you're like, why is that not out? Nine times out of ten, it's because of some fucking music rights. Yeah. Yeah, which is such a shame. Uh, such a shame. But but until then, we have uh, Ninja Vember <laughs> and $2 late fee. And... I'm thinking about all these fun things. I'm getting a little nostalgic thinking about all the holidays that are coming up. I'm thinking about Christmas. I'm thinking about the Noel Chronicles right now. Oh, yeah. That was a terrible segue, but I tried. Is that my segue? Well, it wasn't one of your better ones, but that's okay. We'll we'll keep going. We'll roll roll past it. How about that? (laughs) I wanted to say real quick, um, New York Ninja was better than Malignant. (laughs) <laughs> oh, big time. Everything's fucking better than Mulligan. <laughs> and probably Diallo, probably probably more controversial, though, if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll never Definitely. know. <laughs> um, yeah. So the first Noel Chronicles is what I have been working on. I uh, It is a fantasy Christmas uh, type story. Um, you know, basically Lord of the Rings meets Christmas. Uh, I have first seven parts up in podcast form, as well as it is readable on um, Kindle Vela platform. 
And I was just asked this past weekend, um, the details aren't final yet, but I will actually uh, likely be speaking on a panel at LA Comic-Con coming up the first uh, week, uh, first weekend of uh, December, um, speaking on a fantasy um, panel there. So I'll get a chance to talk about my thoughts about just like fantasy in general, but obviously if... uh, the topic of uh, what I've been working on comes up, I will, you know, be able to to shed light on um, my story and why I think it's important and fun. And um, hopefully one day everyone will get to enjoy it and then watch it on Netflix in a few years. So There you go. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> Hell is yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to LA Comic Con and just be that one hand in the crowd. Yeah, just like just questions like a, from the crowd. Oh, chasing oh, Amy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a chasing Amy reference. Good job. Oh man. yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you know, speaking of, uh, of 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 literary things and books, Corey, don't we have a don't we have a book right now that we help produce yes we published seven winters alone by david irons with an awesome awesome cover by our pal suspiria land on instagram uh yeah you can check that out on amazon uh we have there's a kindle version there is a uh hardback and a a paperback version um yeah you you can pick that up you go uh to amazon type in seven winters alone i have links and all the show notes and everything but uh all proceeds you know go to us and david and it's just another way for you to help support the show uh you know as far as like either patreon that uh you can leave us a five-star review on 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 apple that's always a free way to help us out um but yeah uh you know just trying to grow and and we obviously only support uh people that we actually you know People that we, we we don't support just blanketly. We support our friends. We support what we believe in. And we believe in what Diallo's doing. We believe in what David's doing. And I love the fact that we surround ourselves with people that that we respect. And I respect their their output. I respect their commitment to, uh, you know, whatever they're working in. At the end of the day, I just like people who, you know, just do their thing. I'm always impressed with that. And I'm always impressed by Diallo. I'm always impressed by Zach. I'm always impressed by David. And that's why... I surround myself with those people. All that being said, when we when we endorse something like Seven Winters Alone, it means that we believe in it. So go check that out. Uh, go check out Diallo's podcast. Go check out Zach's podcast. Go check out everything on the BFOP network. Uh, all of those shows are, are shows that I'm proud, and I know Zach's proud to be on the network with. They're, they're good people. They're good, good shows. So Again, I just surround ourselves with fucking great people and uh, love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. So thank I got you all my s- copy. Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have- I, by the time this airs, I'll have my hardcover copy. Yeah. I can, mine's, mine's in route as we speak. And I've got friends and family who picked up uh, copies and everything. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's great scene so much love and so much support out there and everything so we really really appreciate it and uh yeah next time on tv obscure we got some ideas we're floating some ideas out there but we haven't locked in on a on a topic yet so we don't want to announce it but uh we've got some tv obscure ideas coming at you in in december right Ooh, maybe it'll be um a christmas episode who knows right what if we do christmas specials guys you know you know what Christmas special made me cry as a kid? The Garfield one. Oh, yeah. Because the mom. Remember the mom leaves or whatever? Yeah, I don't need to 
<laughs> He's like, you, do, you do that. I'm gonna me. do the. I'm gonna do the Gordon Jump special episode of Different Strokes. Uh, oh, here we go again. <laughs> Trust me, guys. I'm not. I'm not gonna do the Garfield Christmas special. But, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. It is sad. When you said I, when you said Christmas special, the only thing I could think of was the old CBS uh, special episode uh, thing that used to f- spin around oh, on the yeah. TV. That, and <laughs> yeah. we get so excited yeah. every time I see it. Oh Here yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys and gals, I hope you had a great time. This was a blast, and uh, as always, catch you on the obscure side. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Gordon. (sighs) Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Co-host Corey here to tell you about our exciting new partnership with 80s Tees, the one-stop shop for all your licensed nostalgic t-shirts. Right now, when you enter BFOP at the checkout, you get 30% off your entire order. That's right, you can get an awesome Photon t-shirt, like the one I have, which you can see on our Instagram page, or any of their other licensed designs at a discount when you enter BFOP at checkout. That's 80stees.com and BFOP at checkout for 30% off your entire order.